All right. Here we go. Welcome to the Sonder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the Wild Hogs. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner. As always, hope you're having a great week out there. We've got a great show for you. The weather's changing. Looking like deer season finally. It's feeling great. Got a little bit of rain, cooler weather, overcast. Really makes me wonder what I'm doing sitting here in front of the mic and not standing in the blind. But we got a job to do. We got hogs to announce. We got our first uh, submissions for the month of November. Got 10 hogs from Daniel Polanski. He's out to a quick quick lead, and uh, it's going to help him when it comes to that raffle without drawing on that Czar's 9mm pistol will be given away at the end of the month of November. Remember to get signed up, true-conservation.org, for your chance at winning prizes every month just for getting in the tournament. Every hog submitted and approved gets you another ticket in that hat, another opportunity at winning. We give away prizes every month. Next month, we're going to be giving away that really nice automatic gate for your hog trap that you can custom build. Uh, $1,800 value. That's going to be given to us by the North Texas Hog Control. Uh, good friends over there. We met at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza back in August, and they were kind enough to jump on board and help us out, help us what we're doing here, and that's give back to the hunters that are going out there and hunting their living tails off, doing what they can to knock down these hog numbers, which is a very invasive species. If you are out there deer hunting, sitting in the stand, you have an opportunity to drop one of these things, please do so. Um, you know, we've had, I've had that talk with myself multiple times sitting in the stand. Like if I see a pig, do I, do I take it or do I, you know, wait out and wait for an opportunity for a deer? And to be honest with you, um, especially with some of these, these more aggressive boars, you're better off shooting the darn thing because they're not going to let deer come to that feeder as long as it's there eating. And by the time it's done and it's moved on, it's ate all the corn or whatever feed you're throwing out. And, uh, didn't leave any for the deer to hang around anyway so and they're just going to keep coming back and once they know there's a food source there they're going to keep coming back keep coming back until you do something about it so get your trap set get in your stands get in your blinds do whatever you can uh to get these things taken taken out do yourself a favor do your neighbors a favor uh do all the native wildlife a favor and uh get out there and hunt so we'll be giving away some prizes like I said, the SARS 9mm pistol, semi-auto pistol. Very nice little pistol. I think you're going to really like this. We've given a couple of these pistols away before, and I got nothing but really good uh, feedback about it. Everybody loves them, and uh, I think you will too. So good luck out there. we still got a few weeks of hunting left in this month, so it's never too late to get signed up and get your trap set, do whatever you're going to do. Remember, you hunt your land, your time, your way. And everything is submitted via cellular device. There is no driving across the county or across the state for submissions, anything like that. It's very simple. If you can operate a cell phone and you can hunt, you can do this tournament. Great thing about hunting uh, hogs, at least in the state of Texas, you don't even need to buy a hunting license to do so. So if you're listening to this podcast in another state, you know, um, different rules and regulations apply to you. But you are also just as welcome to join the tournament. This is a nationwide program, nationwide tournament, nonprofit organization trying to raise awareness, getting you out there, trying to give back to the hunters, to the farmers, the ranchers, anybody out there dealing with wild hogs. 
We are trying to get these numbers reduced. I want to make that clear. I'm not trying to make a species extinct. In fact, I, I believe it's probably impossible to make wild hogs just completely go away. I don't think that's ever going to happen no matter what kind of efforts are being put forth. We just want to get the numbers dropped down. Again, this is an invasive species not native to our lands, and they are doing a lot of damage out there. So get out there. You're already hunting them anyways. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're probably already a hog hunter. If you took the time to look for a hog hunting podcast and you found us, you found the sounder, there's a good chance you're out there hunting pigs in some way. So this podcast is dedicated to just spreading the word on the tournament uh, and and talking about hunting. We talk about all kinds of hunting, deer hunting, dove hunting, fishing, all kinds of stuff. But we are really dedicated to wild hogs and with the time changing. I mean, this is the kind of weather I remember as a kid of like dad coming home. Like, okay, it's great hog hunting weather. Let's go. Let's go find some. And so... This is always kind of a pump up for me. It's cooler. We got a half inch of rain at the farm last night. Um, that's going to help us out. And I am very thankful that I made the time this week to mow my grass in the dark because I would have been in a pickle. It was very, it was already pretty tall and getting thick. Uh, and if I had let it rain on it again, I would have probably had to get a tractor and a shredder to take care of it. So. Grateful for that. Went out uh, yesterday on the lunch break and uh, threw out a bag of corn, um, a little bit of bait, trying to get some uh, some more activity. And then uh, this morning I was very pleased to get up uh, on a – I didn't think it rained last night. I slept so hard I didn't even hear it. But it looked like we got a pretty good rain. I could see where the water ran through the drive through driveway. And uh, taking the trash out, it's about – Mm, 640 this morning uh plenty of light to be able to see in the fields and I, and I noticed uh some deer out there so i dropped the bag i run back to the truck i go get my scope or my gun and i, I run out and uh i want to just glass and see what's out there couldn't really they were too far away to really tell with a naked eye and there was two does and and a pretty nice buck a, a younger buck but need to say he, he's he was a shooter he was a good looking deer um not something i i would shoot but you go back six years and, and that would have really pumped me up. Um, cause we weren't seeing deer like that, especially just random, uh, on that property. So it was nice to see that this morning he was tailing these does. He was showing interest in these does. They didn't look like they wanted anything to do with him. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to come out and confirm that there's rut going on in Carnes County. I don't think there is yet. And I don't think there will be at least for if, I mean, if the weather continues to stay the same, you know, I think down here in the south, especially especially South Texas, weather has a lot to do with the rut. You know, last year we had such a warm deer season. We didn't see a lot of activity. We didn't see a lot of aggressiveness until late in season. But I have seen in the past where you get these, these early fronts. If you can just keep the weather cool, you can get some rain, make it just look like winter. Sometimes it speeds the process up a little bit, and it makes for a much more interesting deer season. Um, and, and we might be seeing that we might be going into that pattern. So that's kind of where all the arrows are pointing. I'm not going to go out and just, you know, say it's going to happen because I've been fooled before, but it's looking very promising. I'm excited about it. And, uh, this morning was just, it really got the blood pumping and it's got me in that weird, like obsessed phase right now where even my wife, I was brushing my teeth and just pacing back and forth and, 
and she had to kind of like bring me back to earth and hey you still got to go to work you still got things to do and uh you're not hunting today so yeah i and, and i am at work i showed up today and we are getting things done at true ballistics and trying to uh tough it out i got my gun sighted in ready to go uh with my hand loads i got my it's my my uh remington 700 308 that i've had since about i don't know fifth grade and ah, probably sixth thing i got in middle school and uh I made some hand loads for it. My 180 grain, uh, just round nose sluggers traveling about 2,400 feet per second, muzzle velocity. So they're not, these aren't speed bullets, but they, they lay a smack and, and I got it side in at hundred yards and my little Leopold three by nine. I've had on that gun since I bought it or since it was given to me for Christmas years back. So just a lot that, um, you know, and I'm still planning on getting probably Saturday morning, climbing up in the in the bow stand. Um, I'm not going to put the bow away quite yet. Probably pull the rifle out when it comes time to take my daughter out with me, go sit in the box blind. But I'm really hoping that this weather pushes in some pigs. Um, I know that that's kind of against what I preach here on the podcast. I don't want hogs in my property, but I do like hogs in my freezer, so I would not mind for a, a small little fat one to come run up wandering through and give me a shot opportunity on it, especially with the bow. You know, I took a doe back in, in bow season a few weeks back, and it would just be nice to, you know, build a little confidence on a pig, get one more kill with it, and see where that goes. Ooh, excuse me. If I get um, an opportunity at a big buck, you know, it would be great. There is some nicer buck showing up. The, the the buck that I've been watching for the past four years has been showing up pretty regularly. Um, really good looking nine point. And I think I've talked myself out of shooting him this year. And I, I've been back and forth on it, back and forth, back and forth. And with me putting the dough in the freezer early, me getting some deer meat early, I am not pressured to fill my freezer. And uh, I think he would be... I'm not going to say he's an easy kill because he's been pretty evasive so far. He shows up regularly, but doesn't seem to like to show up when you were there. So I think he's pretty smart, um, and or he's just very lucky. But he's a good-looking deer, but I, I feel, man, I'm, and I've had this conversation with myself, this little debate back and forth in my mind about taking this buck, and I feel like he's got one more year of growth where I'm hoping – you know, as we do more work on the farm, as we feed a little bit better, and, you know, with him being so consistent in four years of showing up and hanging out pretty much all deer season, I'm kind of, you know, going to try to butter him up a little bit, make him want to stay. I really feel like that's his home turf, especially in season. Um, it's his escape. I think that's where he's hanging out. I think he's bedding down on the property um for the most part maybe not every day but for the most part he's betting on the property and i really want to just kind of build him an oasis get him to hang in there and um get him comfortable and try to get him next year and and i may regret that i may never see this buck again and you know what it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if somebody else took him uh if my sister-in-law was to take him this year you know it was it it's named Tina's Buck for a reason. I mean, she was the one that, you know, we 
gave this deer to, you know, two years ago, and it just so happened that it didn't work out for her that year. didn't work out for her last year, and uh, she's continuing to chase them this year. So I'm going to pump the brakes on them and just kind of, if it's meant to be, if he's, you know, if it's meant to go next season and I'm supposed to take him next season, and if those stars align, then awesome. If it doesn't, hey, he's not mine. And um, I'm okay with that. I'm in the hunt for some pigs. I still have javelinas hanging around the property. Um, might try to get one of those. That would be that would be a great hunt too. Same thing, you know, build a little confidence in the bow. Um, make a nice, cool little euro mount. And uh, I know a lot of you probably think I'm gross for it, but I'm going to clean it and I'm going to cook it and really – when I say I'm going to cook it, I'm going to pull the straps out, chicken fry them, um, and I'm going to turn the rest of them into maybe some javelina sausage. Um, and when I do that, I'm going to mix it with some pork 50-50, um, just put it in links and call it what it is. I mean, you can't go wrong with sausage. You could pretty much turn anything into sausage and make it good for like 90 five percent of the animals out there so that's probably what i'll end up doing you know getting a few links out of it you know if it's absolute garbage i'll feed it to the dogs but i mean you gotta really really mess up to make some bad sausage especially when you're using some good pork so i'll probably do that and uh see how that goes like i said cut the back straps off cut the head off make a euro mount on him um just to do it just to have it and i don't like to really I've, as I get older, I really don't like to to kill anything I'm not going to harvest um, in some sort of way. You know, there's obviously some animals out there that, like, I'm not going to eat a coyote, but I'm still going to shoot the darn thing. Um, you know, I'd probably eat a bobcat any day over a coyote. I don't think a bobcat is near as, like, a scavenger as a coyote. Coyotes eat dead stuff, and to me, they're just a nasty animal. Um, but... I mean, I've gotten to the point where it's just like I've thought about eating raccoon like this time of year. If we can get a good freeze, you know, I've had raccoon before and it's honestly not bad. I think a lot of people think of it as like they call them trash pandas. But, I mean, these raccoons are eating pretty much the same thing that the deer and everything else are out there. They're eating the berries and leaves. No, I wouldn't say they eat leaves, but, I mean, they're just hanging out out there. Um the river bottom, they may eat a little fish and clams and stuff like that, but for the most part, they're they're pretty clean compared to what you're going to see. Like, I wouldn't eat a raccoon that I, you know, ran over in the middle of town uh, if it was digging through somebody's garbage. But out there, they don't see human activity uh, except for like the deer feeder and stuff. But these are fed coons. They they eat a lot of corn. They're at the feeder every night. Uh, big old fat things, and I, w- I would not be against eating it again. I've had it before. It's pretty good. So you could pretty much throw anything in a crock pot, wrap it in a tortilla, and throw some cheese and hot sauce on it, and it's going to be pretty darn good. So plan on doing that. Um, and like I said, I'm really, really excited about hopefully getting a, a big pig. Um, I would love a big fat sow. We got that, that pig on camera, a big fat sow uh, on camera a couple weeks back. Hasn't been showing up to my feeder yet, but um, she's definitely been on the property. She's got a taste of corn. She knows what a feeder is, and maybe she comes back. So I'm looking forward to that. Wouldn't be against a small boar. 
Um, and it's just a matter of time. I mean, they always start showing up about this time every year. Um, usually we get them before this, but they're dragging their feet. So they probably out off the neighbor's place eating up their corn. I'm completely okay with that uh, for the time being. But uh, it's just a matter of time. We get we get at least one or two every year, and uh, I'm pretty excited about what what could happen. I also got a feeder light I got to get set up and uh, get it going. And I probably I probably won't do that until after um, I tag out on a deer. If I tag out on a deer, um, I'll probably leave it pretty barren out there. I'm trying not to have a whole lot of human activity at this spot. I try to, you know, if I got to go check game cameras or, or put some extra bait out or something like that, I try to get in and get out. I mean, I, I went and put corn out yesterday and I didn't even drive up to the feeder. It was, I'm just going to throw out a half sack of corn and uh, another like sprinkle of some stuff and uh, some bait. And so all I did is I, I parked about, um, 70 yards away at the gate and I walked the rest of the way in. I did what I had to do and I got the hell out of there. Uh, I do need to replace batteries in the game cameras. Uh, they seem to be running pretty low. Got to do that. And I put some extra corn in the feeder. We're good. We're ready. Um, I do have the protein feeder going, but they, they nibble on that. They really, you know, everyone told me that, oh, you're going to, you're going to hate it because they're going to just eat it up, eat it up, eat it up. And, you know, they've been hitting it regularly. I got them on camera almost every day, but it's like they go up and they like kind of lick it. It's not really a, 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 it's not really a pellet. I guess you could say they have to kind of work at it. And I don't know if that's something I'm going to stick with as, uh, you know, this, as the rut comes to an end and all that season's over, I might switch to a different feed. This is just more of a attractant that I'm using right now. And uh, just seeing what it does, and, and as, like I said, as the rut comes to an end, as these does get bred and the bucks are worn down, I might switch to something. Uh, there's a ton of different feeds out there. I think they all do about the same damn thing. Everybody has their preferences. Everybody says, you know, oh, this one's better than this one. This one, you know, you went on, on a low-fence property, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think that that varies property to property. Um, every... Every piece of land out there has some kind of is probably high in a certain nutrient, low in a different one. And, you know, what those deer have available to them that's growing naturally, um, they're going to get nutrients from that. And then you have to figure out what's going to be the supplement because that's what you're doing. You're supplementing nutrients. So, um, I mean, we're something's going right. We've. I know we have a neighbor that feeds a little protein, and we've been seeing some better deer since then. But here in the past few years, just naturally, we started seeing some better deer. I think where where we lack, and it's pretty typical down here, is you don't see like the the big, you know, heavy, you know, frames, all this mass. Um, you know, we've killed some 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 deer in the past years that man, they're a little thicker than we've seen before. Maybe that's because neighbor's been feeding protein. Um, because he's feeding, I want to feed too. I want to do my part. Um, I think the more neighbors that you have surrounding, everything with the more hunters that you have doing that, you know, you're helping each other out. Everybody's got pretty much the same idea of, Hey, let the young ones grow. Let's see what they're all about. And, and at the same time, call out them ones that, you know, Oh, they're 13 and over, but they don't, they're not going to be worth a darn. You got to get those deer out of there. 
So, and I've considered that a lot this year too. I'm, I'm going to hold out for a big boy. I know that there's some older bucks that, you know, some five and a half, six and a half, maybe even a seven and a half year old. If, if what I saw three, four years ago comes out, uh, yeah, that, that buck could easily be seven and a half years old. And, uh, that's going to be a rarity. They don't get that old by being stupid as the saying goes, but I'd love to, uh, give that every, I'd, my thing is I'd hate to burn my, my one tag that I have in this County and then the next weekend check game cameras and there be, you know, the granddaddy of them all, you know? And so that's always the thought in my head, you know, is trying to, you know, I'm going to enjoy this season. I'm not going to be in a rush. Like I said, I got meat in the freezer. That's all that matters. And, um, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to take my daughter out this year. We're going to watch deer and eat snacks and all that fun stuff you do in the box blind. I'm going to still crawl up in the the bow stand on those cold days, and I'm hoping to get you know a few pigs. Uh, if I can, if I can get a few pigs this year, you know, do I even worry about a deer? Probably not. I got what's shaping up to be some opportunities to maybe go coal on some high fence properties. Um, you know, I don't care if it's a doe. I don't care if it's a spike. I don't, I mean, I, I don't, that's, I'm not picky when it comes to meat. You tell me what to shoot and I'll go shoot it. So, and it comes to filling the freezer. I think that's what we're going to do. Um, just really try to get some pigs, but like I said, they're not showing up yet. So that's, it's rare. It's rare for me to say that, you know, uh, so far feeding as much as we have, and to not have the pigs coming in, it's a, it's a different season. We're seeing a lot of deer, a lot of does, a lot of young bucks, some some older bucks that got a lot of lot of potential. Honestly, I mean, like I said, that big eight or nine, I should say, uh, is a buck that we we could take this year and it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I you know, talked about letting him go one more year. Is he going to be all that is he gonna make a big jump from you know, this year to next, probably not. I don't see him declining. Um, he is not as proportional this year as he was the last two years. I don't know if that's a sign. I don't know if that's just going to mean he's going to get like worse next year, but I, I'm going to feed, I'm going to plant a food plot. I'm going to continue, uh, putting water out and just doing everything I can to try and give him one more year, but there's a chance that he doesn't make it this year. If if, if we don't take him, if somebody on the, on our farm doesn't take him, there's a good chance that one of the neighboring properties might, and that's okay for me. That's I'm okay with that. I, I have made my peace with it. Um, but I I 99% for sure not going to take him. Um, he would pretty much have to like kill himself in front of me for me to harvest him this year. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm, I'm very excited to see what this weather brings. I mean, I'm sitting here doing this podcast, looking out the window right now, just gray skies. You know, we got some, some slight sprinkles throughout the day. My father-in-law was in here getting his gun sighted in and immediately going out to the deer blind where he's going to sit the rest of the afternoon. And I'm very jealous of him. But it's, it's just awesome. It's awesome to be, to finally be here in this moment. I didn't hunt at all opening weekend. Um, my daughter got sick, and you know she's she's 
got epilepsy. She's prone to seizures when she gets uh, fevers and all that. So she had a couple um, that Saturday morning. And it was just one of those things was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to even think about going out. I'm going to focus on her. We're going to get her comfortable, keep a close eye on her. Cause if need be, we're going to go to the ER and, and thank God it didn't come to that. We, we were able to just kind of kick back, keep her comfortable, relax and veg out and just enjoy a weekend on the couch. And it was nice. And honestly, you know, that might be something I, I do from now on opening weekend was hot anyways wasn't very good hunting there were deer moving um and i saw a lot of people on facebook tagged out congratulations um but i man it took so much pressure off like you know i i i really enjoyed you know my brother went out my my best friend went out a bunch of people i know went out and it just seemed like you know texting them and and, and staying in contact with them you know it seemed kind of like the pressure was on and they were, everyone was a little upset, at least the ones I talked to, because they weren't seeing what was being shown up on camera. It was just, it was just warm. It just wasn't a very good weekend. And uh, I'm glad that I spent it indoors and looking forward to getting out this weekend. Hopefully, you know, we don't have the same situation. Um, if the same situation does occur, I will be doing the same thing. I'll be relaxing at the house, uh, taking care of my kiddos. But, um, that's life, you know. I think that's as as a single guy who doesn't have children or a girlfriend or wife or anything like that, you know, you could go out and hunt anytime you want. I mean, you pretty much the only thing holding you back is probably your job. Um, and even then, if you you're only worried about your own mouth to feed, you know, and you're a diehard hunter, you might tell them, you know, <laughs> to kick rocks and go anyways. But uh, when you do have a family and you're married, you got a mortgage. You got two kids, and they they're dependent on you to be dad. It's something that you gotta get your priorities straight. You know, hunting is something that is uh, it's a privilege. I mean, it's 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 fun to go out and and, and do it and enjoy it. Um, but there's other things that you gotta take care of first. You know, uh, your, your house responsibilities your fatherly and husband duties come first. And uh, I, I I have been guilty of forgetting that sometimes, uh, early in my marriage, especially early in my uh, my first couple years of fatherhood. I forgot about that. And, and I really took me a little bit of time to understand, like, okay, this is my life now. Things are different, and I have to... I have to remember that I'm not single. I'm not, you know, this isn't early 20s Charlie anymore. I have other things on my plate that need to be taken care of. And and there's those days, too, where it's like, man, I, I got an opportunity to go make a little extra money and you go do that, you know. Um, and, and like I said, it took, took two two, three years and some some fights. I think my wife probably thought about divorcing me more than a handful of times Uh probably wondering what she was thinking marrying a guy like me but uh we learn we all we all come around and we laugh about it now and it's it's been a fun ride and I enjoy hunting I I think I appreciate hunting and I appreciate the patience of my wife even more now that my kids are a little bit older and I can look back and go man what an idiot I was you know to to make such a big 
fuss, and I still fuss about it every now and then. I'm not saying I'm perfect, uh, but you make this fuss, but I, I want to go hunt. I, I, I planned on this. I told you I was going to go do this. We talked about it all day. You knew I wanted to go out and do this. And, uh, you know, sometimes things just don't go as planned. And the sooner that, that you can understand that, you know, and just kind of go with the flow of things, the better off you're going to be. And like I said, it's funny because I, I get, I would get so wound up and so, you know, like gung ho about getting out there. Then I go out there and not see anything, you know? And so <laughs> I just like fought my wife tooth and nail to be able to go out and hunt and to come home empty handed, you know, and she's sitting there like, Oh, well, what'd you see? You know, how, how did that go for you? It's like, all right, you know, I get your point. I understand. And these days like today where you think it's going to be perfect, you see the weather, you feel it in the air. It's every, everything is, is saying today is a great day to be out hunting. And it's funny because I hardly ever kill anything on days like today. I always kill like my best bucks on usually, usually the worst day of the year. You know, I can't tell you how many times we killed a deer and it's just hot. It's like there is nothing about that particular day that says it should have been a good day of hunting. And sometimes it just works out that way. So I'm, what I'm getting at is patience, you know, be patient. Um, the days that you do get to go hunt that your wife says, go out and enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, don't stress out about it. Hunting is not supposed to be stressful. Um, we don't, for the most part, most of you out there, um, I don't think you're hunting necessarily for food to survive. Um, we live in a different time than that. So if you were hunting to eat and to survive, yeah, I could see where that would be a little stressful, but most of us, for the most part, can go to the grocery store and, and get food to eat and be A-OK. Um, so don't stress out about it. Don't st- If you have that target buck that you're chasing, and, and and I've been telling my best friend this. He's been kind of struggling with this a little bit. He's getting better. Um, you're sitting in the blind and you hear a gunshot ring off in the distance. You know, a lot of us as hunters, we immediately start thinking, like, that's the buck that we were chasing. Somebody shot my buck. And, you know, even if they did, it's not your buck. You got it on camera. It's crossing through your property, and you have every intention of hunting and harvesting that deer, and that that's awesome. But it's not up to you. I mean, there's so many things out. I mean, that deer can cross the road and get hit by a truck. It can. I it could break its leg. It can get hung up in a bomb wire fence. It can get shot by the neighbor. It could simply disappear. And go to another, find greener pastures and never come back again. And it happens to hunters every year. And it's not the end of the world. Life goes on. Continue hunting. Because what you need to remember is it's a game of chance. It's just like fishing. Every time you throw that bait in the water, that lure, that fly, there's a chance that you're going to hook up into something that is just completely out of this world that you were not expecting. And that's the best thing about hunting. You can sit there and sit there and sit there day in, day out. 
And then all of a sudden, when you least expect it, some monster shows up. And it could happen on any property at any given time, especially in the rut. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Be patient. Enjoy your hunt. It's, it's, it's the best part about it. The randomness. The uncontrol, I mean, that we have out there. We have no control. The variables that take effect on everything in, in the field. Um, if you can take anything from this podcast, number one, uh, kill as many hogs you possibly can and enjoy the hunt. That's what it's all about. Building memories. It's not about the kill. The, the kill itself is such a small part of hunting. The pull of a trigger, the release of your bow, or your arrow, I should say, is such a small part of it. There's so much more that goes into hunting. And if if you remember that, and you, you slow things down, and you begin to enjoy them, you'll become a better hunter for it. Patience. Listen to it. You talk to any old hunter that's been doing this for a long time, any old fisherman, any outdoorsman, any anybody. It doesn't have to be a, a, an outdoorsman. It could just be somebody giving advice in life. You talk to an older person, someone that you consider wise, and you know what they're going to tell you? Patience. It's like the the number one advice in anything. Having marriage problems, be patient. You know, things aren't going your way, be patient. Work hard, be patient, diligence. It's all that stuff. Compromise. I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. So it kind of went off on a different vibe than I usually do on the podcast. And um, I think it's just important, like I said, I, I got to thinking a lot this week of talking to, to my brother and my friend and some other guys um, hunting. And, and that's just really what I was getting a lot of is a lot of discouraged hunters and a lot of people that you know you gotta be okay with letting them walk sometimes hunting just watching the deer taking pictures of it and not killing it's such a beautiful thing let them walk it's okay i mean if you're hunting out there and that deer comes you know, within yardage, if you got a rifle or a bow, I mean, you could say, yeah, I could have taken him, but I didn't. I think you're rewarded for that over time. It takes time. It takes patience. But eventually it'll happen. So best of luck to all y'all out there. Enjoy your season. Enjoy your hunt. Hope you get the big one this year. I hope you hunt and kill many, many pigs, and I hope you join the tournament Get signed up, and, and I hope you win. Uh, remember, I'm going to remind you one last time, true-conservation.org. We are a non-profit organization trying to get people out there and hunt this invasive species, bring their numbers down to a much more manageable level so that we can help our native species out, help our farmers, our ranchers, landowners get rid of some of these things because they are a big problem and if you don't believe me i've said it before just go online go to google google feral swine bomb wild hogs 
overpopulation of wild pigs, anything like that, and just get to reading. You're going to find pages and pages of information, and it's nuts. It's wild. It'll blow your mind of what's really going on out there. So it's not, it's not a bad thing to hunt these things. You are doing so much by going out there and, and doing your part and eradicating hogs. And if I think if every hunter out there that's even if we, we're going to just completely exclude anybody without a license, we're going to just only include licensed hunters with the numbers that there are. If all of us went out and killed one hog in a season, I really feel like we could start to turn the tide a little bit. And that's just in the state of Texas. You know, let's, we'll, we'll start helping. We can, you could probably put that same effort into every other state and it would start to turn the tide a little bit. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Like I said, enjoy your season. Be careful as always. Get out there, get signed up in the tournament. Remember, it's as easy as sending, submitting photos on your cell phone. You can do that. You can hunt this tournament. You can win prizes. We're going to be giving away the SARS 9mm pistol this month. The trap, the automatic trap gate uh, for the hog trap donated by North Texas Hog Control next month. And that's the way we'll be finishing our year and then starting all over again. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to Sounder Podcast. I'm Charlie Lobner. I'm out of here. Till next week. <laughs>